The, the answer is you're not crazy. The times are crazy, but you're not crazy. Our guest today is Jeffrey S. Robbins, um, and uh, Jeffrey has sent through his credits for me to read, and um, this is the most abbreviated bunch of credits I've ever read. I mean, he is so accomplished. They are uh, 10 times what he sent through, but I'm going to read them uh, as he wanted me to, to do. But if you really look him up, you'll see that uh, he's really smart and accomplished, and I'm thrilled that he agreed to be on Out of the Box with Jonathan Russo, our little podcast. Jeffrey S. Robbins is a former United States delegate to the United Nations Human Rights Commission, a former counsel to two United States Senate investigative committees, and a nationally syndicated columnist and an attorney in Boston. So our guest, whose credits I just read, Jeff Robbins, is pretty knowledgeable about a lot of political things. And so I, I, I'm going to call upon him to answer some questions that have been that stumped me for a really long time. As, as many, many of you know, um, I, I, I try to do these podcasts uh, because uh, I'm so curious about something, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I just like have reached the end of my rope, intellectual rope about um, the way some of these Republicans are behaving that I, I need to have somebody explain their behavior to me because I can't get it or understand it. So basically for the last four or five years, Trump supporters have been beating a singular drum uh, from formerly sane people like Victor David Hansen in the Wall, to the Wall Street Journal editorial board, one and all have declared that Democrats blocked and stymied Trump's agenda from day one, even before day one. Holman Jenkins Jr. repeats endlessly that the Russian investigation was a hoax. You know, he writes in the Wall Street Journal, he blames the FBI, the media, uh, claims there was never anything behind the, the entire Russian investigation that was meant to derail Trump before he got in office. Um, Mark Hemingway, uh, who writes in The Federalist, writes shocking defenses of Trump, states his enemies are plotting against him. They're all evil. Uh, there's nothing that Trump has ever done wrong. Occasionally, I run into Trump lovers. They'll tell me from the get-go his, his agenda was sabotaged. These are the same people that read the Epic Times and believe you know, Biden is controlled by who I'm never clear about, but they a lot of them think it's Michelle Obama. Yeah, QAnon's part of this, too. The deep state is part of this, too. So... I'm going to ask Jeff, where and when did all of this Trump was stymied from day one come from? Because I have a long list of things that the Republicans did to stymie people from day one and their inability to see that this is like kind of the normal part of politics. Jeff, please tell me, where did this come from, from the, the, this day one Trump is stymied stuff? Well, you were, you were modest and said that this stuff didn't make sense to you as though it made sense to anybody else. I don't know anybody that it makes sense to. Uh, start with, by way of example only, the fact that, you know, we pride ourselves in this country and there's reason to pride ourselves on it, uh, being uh, upset about, you know, public officials who lie uh, since time immemorial if a politician was caught saying one thing or denying that he'd said something and then being shown video of the reverse, that would be devastating. Uh, it's not remotely devastating to Donald Trump. You've got somebody who has, uh, you know, engaged in what was it, 36, 37, 38,000 documented lies uh, by the Washington Post. And it doesn't move the needle 
at all for a very, very substantial portion of, of America. Uh, you've got somebody who, uh, you've got a tradition in this country of people uh, who are running for president uh, disclosing their tax returns uh, because they believed, and properly so, that if they didn't disclose their tax returns, people would think that they were hiding something and they couldn't, uh, they couldn't withstand that. And so you have this guy saying, yeah, of course, I'll <clears throat> disclose my tax returns uh, you know, sometime before the Messiah arrives, assuming that hasn't happened already. Uh, and he, of course, did not do that. Absolutely no blowback at all. You have a tradition in this country of presidents uh, feeling as though they had to respond to congressional investigations by producing documents and witnesses. Uh, think about Watergate, for example, because if they didn't do so, they feared, uh, the inference would be drawn, uh, properly so, by uh, Americans that they were hiding something and they couldn't withstand the political effect of that. Well, in this uh, Trump uh, administration, uh, when the Democrats were finally in a position to issue a uh, subpoenas in connection with investigations, that is to say from 2019 on, uh, what they got was the middle finger, a middle finger that had never been extended uh, by uh, a White House quite like this because no White House could withstand the, the, the political heat, no heat at all. So I list those things and one could list, you could list, uh, you know, 10 times those off the top of your head. I know because it's illustrative of the underlying problem which is that it literally doesn't matter to an extraordinary percentage of Americans what this individual okay. does. The rage is so uh, intense, the cynicism so deep, the bad faith so entrenched that uh, none of that which we uh, thought was part and parcel of American democracy exists quite the same way we thought it did. Okay, I accept that, and I have my own theories, which people have heard uh, who listen to the podcast about why this rage has occurred. We've done multiple podcasts about anarchy in China and the the death of the middle class and the failure of upward mobility. Okay, but what about the intelligentsia? All right, so we understand that a lot of this doesn't matter to um, people in Iowa or the flyover states, and everybody's talking about the C and D counties. Uh, you know, the, the uneducated that Trump says he loves, he loves the uneducated. That's a direct quote from him. We get that. But where does it come from, from the uh, the, the very literate, uh, intelligent uh, intelligentsia, the people who write for the Wall Street Journal, who write for the Federalist, uh, other politicians? They're not aware or they they're 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 going to ride on the coattails of of the lies and the fabrications. How does that happen? How does that, there's no self-reflection whatsoever? Well, it, it's, it's such an interesting question that you ask. First of all, and I know this isn't the question you're asking, is so far as the intelligentsia is, intelligentsia is concerned, uh, Donald Trump understands that Americans hate the intelligentsia. They hate the idea of the intelligentsia. Okay. But you're talking about, you're talking about intelligentsia who, uh, people who legitimately qualify as intelligentsia, yeah who less defend Donald Trump. Some have peeled off the Bill Crystals of the world. To be fair, there is a segment of uh, people who have been rock rib Republicans uh, and, and, and intellectuals, public intellectuals, who have said, I can't possibly abide this. 
Um, that is true. Number I just, one, I just read that in the, the I just read that in the Washington Times of all places. They said, "How could anybody endorse him? This is ridiculous." That is really true. You're right. Okay. Um, but you are right. There nevertheless are some people who more or less qualify as intelligentsia, and you know the Wall Street Journal uh, editorial board are among those who on on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays will distance themselves from Trump. But on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and in the week, weekend edition, uh, we'll find some way to say something positive about them. I think one of the things that's going on is that those people, like other Trump supporters, are thrilled at the anti-intelligentsia, um, uh, you know, uh, pull of Donald Trump, the anti-elitist resonance. Uh, of the stuff that uh, that Donald Trump says, that to me is sort of one of the underlying uh, pieces here that floats around and surfaces in various ways. Namely, the the rage, the resentment, the disgust the, uh, of the uh, of the perceived elites of those that many Americans perceive are looking down their noses uh, at them. Uh, Donald Trump gets it and, and, and Republicans get it. And you know what? As people see these polls that we've seen over the last year showing that he's running no worse than neck and neck with uh, Joe Biden, uh, those people are going to, uh, uh, you know, are going to stick with the guy that they think may be the, uh, the winner. How it is that some of those people that you're referring to, Jonathan, regard uh, Joe Biden as the devil incarnate, yeah, as worthy of hatred, that escapes me altogether because uh, how you can look at Joe Biden and despise him. You may disagree with border policies. Yeah. You may be concerned that he's being influenced by Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or the Democratic Party is going this way or that way. But to work yourself up into a hatred of Joe Biden, uh, I don't get it. And to your point, finally... There was a poll this week that showed that I think it is that somewhere around a third of Americans believe that Joe Biden's election was illegitimate. Yeah. Well, they were told that by Trump. He's right. He's, he's, he's run on he, he's run on that campaign. That is. But, you know, he, he was the one that told everybody that Obama wasn't born in the United States. He kept the birther thing going forever. He never let, let up on the on the birther. And then when he did for five minutes, he blames on Hillary Clinton. I mean, the, 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 the madness doesn't stop. OK, um, Steve Bannon in the deep state. Where does that fit in in your mind? Where where, where did this deep state idea this you know, come come in in your mind? I've I've done several podcasts about this. I've been fascinated by this more than anything. This deep state, you know, this this idea that came from the Turkish military. Um, where did where does that fit in in your in your mind uh, in this in this in this uh, scheme of Trump denial uh, of reality and his lies? And the hatreds. Uh, what? What was? Is that? Is that? A, is that Bannon codifying a place where you should hate because you don't understand it? What's the deep state about in your mind? Yeah, I don't know what the hell deep state even refers to. I think it's just a uh, another way of expressing uh, the the concept of elites. This mm -hmm. notion that there are people who think that they're better than we are and who have a secret agenda. 
and they are embedded someplace nobody knows where uh, in a position somehow to uh, take the country in a dangerous, uh, dangerous direction. Why so many people believe it is a hell of a good question. This question that you ask, what in the world is going on there? That, I mean, it's almost as if you can understand in some way, uh, you may be, uh, you may loathe it, you may be repulsed by it, but you can understand why there are so many people who harbor, you know, uh, loathsome, god-awful, white supremacist views. So it's not, it, it, it's, it's, it's shocking, but it's not surprising. But what the hell it is that motivates so many people to think that there is some kind of secret movement uh, out there that basically have seized control or out to seize control of the country, where the hell that comes from, this deep state notion, I have no idea. Well, it's a good question because it really is an important component of what we're talking about. The deep state does fit into this worldview um, that uh, you, you don't really know what's going on. You know, everything else is out, out of control. Um, let's talk about what really has me um, very upset is that there is zero reflection on the part of other intellectuals or politicians um, to the good and the bad of, of various situations. I mean, when when Bush went over Gore, for instance, in a 5-4 ruling you know, by the Supreme Court, uh, wasn't that a deep state decision? I mean, they they handed the presidency by a couple of hundred votes to somebody who may or may not really have been elected. Um, but it was the Supreme Court that said, nope, those chads, you know, don't count or what have you. And let's give this to to to, to Mr. Bush. I mean, you didn't hear the Democrats talk about deep state or any illegitimacy or this is a coup or anything like that. Everybody kind of accepted it. This is democracy. We have a court. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, how that decision went down uh, for the Republicans? Uh, they swallowed it whole and the Democrats just acceded to it and there was no protest. Could you imagine something like that happening today? We would have civil war, wouldn't we? Well, you know, to quote uh, whatever the name of that character was in Casablanca, you know, we are yeah. all shocked, shocked to find out that there is hypocrisy uh, uh -huh. among politicians. You think of Barney Frank's great line, uh, uh, you know, I absolutely uh, cannot be bought, but I sure as hell can be rented. Um, you know, people in, in, in Washington will say what people in Washington have to say. Your head can swivel uh, right off of the neck trying to keep track of the, uh, of the hypocrisy and the double standards. But look, one of the premises of your question is that we have widespread civic attentiveness and uh, knowledge and engagement uh, in America. We congratulate ourselves at least once a year on the 4th of July that we do. The numbers, uh, the statistics show otherwise. There was a study done by the Annenberg School, for example, a couple of years ago, and asking people if they could name the three branches of government. A majority of Americans couldn't name the three branches of government. About a quarter of Americans couldn't name a single branch of government. Now, I say that because, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, the effect of, of Trumpism on the separation of powers and checks and balances. Well, if 
if Americans don't know the difference between separation of powers and a, uh, a, a, a bottle of aspirin, then we're in big trouble. You can, you can invoke separation of powers. You can invoke orderly transfer of power. You can invoke, uh, you know, uh, the, the spirit of conceding elections all you want. But if, in fact, as some data shows, we are a country that is filled with people who really aren't paying much attention to the basics, no, then no. it's all flapping in the wind. I fear. Let's start with, with, with reviewing some of the past things that the Republicans did to stymie uh, the Democrats from day one, hour one, when they potentially got elected. I'm so old. I remember Whitewater. Right? Wasn't that an attempt by the Republicans to you know, castrate the Clinton administration from the first second that it, it was born? Didn't the, 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 didn't the Wall Street Journal write stories about the MENA airport and there was a cocaine going through the MENA airport and somehow that was tied to the, the, the Clintons, that they knew about this or profited from it? I mean, weren't the Republicans responsible for hours or months worth of, of endless investigations about some ridiculous real estate deal in the Ozarks? Uh, and to stymie the Trump administration, for, uh, the, the, the Clinton administration from day one, hour one. Is that true? Uh, look, you're completely right. I mean, the notion that there was some uncommon, uh, you know, attempt, surprising attempt, a historic attempt, uh, historically noteworthy attempt to stymie Donald Trump uh, that had no, you know, uh, presidential, no, had no precedent. Uh, before that, that's, of course, ridiculous. And let's remember uh, that which occurred almost immediately upon Donald Trump uh, taking the presidency, starting with uh, the firing of an FBI director uh, for the very purpose of uh, blocking an investigation that the president did not want to have take place. To the extent that there was, and there was, opposition right from the get-go, yeah. to Donald Trump. Nobody can deny that. Of course there was. But oh my God, look at the basis for it. Uh, we're not talking about a phony investigation uh, like Whitewater, which had no bearing whatsoever on, exactly. on Bill Clinton. Uh, we're talking about something which you might have thought would have uh, affected Americans deeply. Let me just illustrate that, for example, to illustrate how times have changed. Richard Nixon gets elected and re-elected in 1972, overwhelmingly carries, what, uh, 49 states, uh, uh, massacres, gets 61% of the vote uh, over George McGovern, a popularly re-elected re president. Within, uh, what, uh, 20 months or so, he is forced to resign from office because the groundswell of opposition and, and, and revulsion at uh, what he did during the, to cover up a arguably a piddling crime, the cover-up wasn't piddling, uh, was so revolting to people, so antithetical to American values, that uh, Republicans joined Democrats in voting articles of impeachment out of the Judiciary Committee. The groundswell of, of opposition to his remaining in office was so intense that he realized he was going to be impeached and convicted. And so he left. Fast forward 50 years later, and we have acts, in my judgment, by the Trump administration, 
which make Watergate yeah. look like throwing a, a water balloon at somebody. And you have none of that reaction on the part of 50% of Americans. Something has happened yeah. in the intervening 50 years. Something major has happened in America. Let's talk about Benghazi and what they did to Hillary Clinton. Um, remember uh, at one point, Kevin McCarthy admitted on Fox News or something that their whole goal was to destroy her poll numbers. There was, so this was before she was elected, before she ran, there, or, or while she was a candidate, they, they had the Benghazi investigation that went on for months and months and months every day to weaken the Hillary Clinton you know, candidacy. Um, no reflection on that on the Republican Party. They, they've never they, they've never participated in an attempt to destroy uh, a, a, an opposing candidate. Again, there's, you know, this is what is so completely crazy that they have no memory whatsoever, no historic memory of the shenanigans that they pulled in order to discredit a candidate. That's what opposing parties do. That's what everybody does to each other. Donald Trump, they're portraying him like almost like a Christ-like victim of some sort of, you know, uh, a cabal of the, by the Romans. But it is so bizarre that, that, that that's why, you know, I, I just, I'm just i always on the edge of my seat at the outrage of it all because they have no memory about it. Unfortunately, I have a political memory. I can remember this sort of stuff. You know, I can remember Benghazi. I can remember Whitewater. I can remember the Obama wasn't born in, in, in uh, the United States delegitimizing him. It, it you know, this, this sort of like ah shuck stuff is almost like this is what degrades America. This is what this is what makes us all crazy. Is that they have no they have no no connection to the truth anymore. So why not just you know throw it all up and 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 vote for you know a, a nihilistic anarchist uh, like Bannon and, and and Donald Trump? That's where I'm coming from. Well, it's worse than that. It's not really that they have no memory, or at least it's not only that they have no memory. Uh, a lot of them have a memory. But they don't really care because the, the ends justify the means. And the ends are obliterating uh, uh, this kind of uh, obliterating, let's say, in this case, Joe Biden. And, and worse than that, uh, you know, basically reinstalling a guy who, let's face it, is a crook in the Oval Office. And what's what, what's less su surprising than that politicians from the other party want to do that, because arguably, uh, you know, people have old politicians uh, are always focused on defeating the other party and, and installing or reinstalling themselves. What is most concerning, and you sort of allude to this repeatedly, is that throughout America, uh, Americans um, embrace that. I mean, you would have thought, right, yeah. that a, a coup d'etat attempt yeah. uh, accompanied by an assault on the Capitol uh, would cause such yeah. widespread revulsion. And it hasn't dented support for the guy who clearly brought it about one iota. And now you're going to see, uh, you know, Republicans, to the extent that there are Republicans who at least paused and lifted their 
finger to the wind, wet their finger to see which way the wind was blowing, to the extent that any of those even exist in the Republican Party, you're going to see those people that you're seeing it now pull their hands down and start endorsing Donald Trump for president. It's starting to happen this week. There's been a raft of endorsements for him uh, by people in the Republican Party. So that's the shocking thing. Every 4th of July, we praise ourselves. We celebrate our own supposed commitment to civic virtue and democratic values. It's tougher and tougher to do that with a straight face. Okay. So you really touched on something that I, I, that I'm, you know, I've been obsessed about also, which is, you know, I have been of the, we can talk about this for a second. I've been obsessed with the fact that they're not Republicans, they're anarchists. I wrote, wrote about this in 2016, 2015, that we really have an anarchist party now. I believe the Republicans have turned into anarchists. They want to blow everything up. They want to destroy all the foundations. You know, this whole thing of defunding the FBI. Uh, Steve Bannon came out when Donald Trump said something about building a, an FBI headquarters in Washington. And, and Steve Bannon said, that's ridiculous. We need to get rid of the FBI. We need to get rid of the CIA. I mean, the, to, 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 the idea of dismantling the, the, the FBI as one of the tenets of his political party is, is so bizarre, but it's not bizarre because they want to blow everything up. They want to create chaos. They want to create an anarchist situation. They think they're going to benefit from that, just like the anarchists in Russia thought that they were going to benefit from that. Um, so all these little Republicans that are jockeying around right now or like even a Lindsey Graham, who's not a little Republican, he's jocking around Trump and all these other, you know, Nikki Haley says she pardoned Trump and uh, they're, they're rushing around to, 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 to declare they pardoned Trump and he was convicted. Um, is it that they think that if we go to a state of chaos where we have a, uh, a regular insurrection like January 6th and deny it's an insurrection where we throw out this government, where we, we have basically, you know, you know, like Marjorie Taylor Greene keeps talking about, you know, uh, violent civil war. If we have this, they're going to seize power. Is, is it like the Bolsheviks in 1917, 1916 that thought if they really created enough turmoil and chaos, they're outside of that, they would emerge victorious. And they did. Is that what's going on? That there's going to be a new party called, you know, called the the Trump party, we're not going to have Democrats and Republicans anymore because we're not going to have a democracy and they're going to be able to seize the, seize the levers of all power across the board. Do they really believe that? Well, we've got it right now. We've, we do have the Democratic Party and the Trump uh, party. Uh, and you talk about, you know, defunding the FBI. Uh, imagine, uh, imagine how badly things, and, and I think you're not wrong to refer to them as anarchists. This, these are people who, uh, they wouldn't say it necessarily. They, they would find, I mean, ultimately they are prepared to see the house burn down. Uh, and, and we're not, I hate to be yeah. melodramatic about it, but we're not very far from that scenario. Look, let's no, face it. If, if, if this fellow is, is elected president again, it's hold on to your hats. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the other thing which I keep coming back to, and I, I wonder, you know, to me, it seems that it's something deeper. Think about the value system that has been embraced by half of Americans. Imagine a guy mocking a disabled reporter. Yeah. Imagine a guy, and, and without any effect at all on, on him, imagine a guy uh, who is on tape bragging about sexually assaulting women and getting away with it. Imagine a guy 
mocking uh, John McCain, who spent, what, five years in, in prison and came back uh, basically a shell of a human being, mocking him and imagining the person doing the mocking being someone who dodged the draft. Imagine this and so much more, and imagine it ha leaving no imprint uh, on the uh, on the view of half of Americans about his the propriety of him being the most powerful person in the world. I keep coming back to this because I can't help but think that there has been a degradation uh, in America, okay. uh, a withering away of values that kind of permits all this other stuff to happen. Okay, I I, <laughs> I completely agree with that, and I again. I've I've written and talked about it on the podcast. It it really all stems from Fox News and Rupert Murdoch. I mean, they spent the la better part of the last fifteen years uh, with Roger Ailes, um, basically inflaming everyone to believe that everything is bad all the time, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week on Fox. They they implied that everything was out of control. It was crazy evil. It wasn't just normal malfeasance or incompetence or bad governance. It was um, hatred. It was anger. It was, you know, rage against against politicians and the elites and parties. Um, they softened up the beachhead just like you would in any invasion. They they, they softened up the beachheads with, with Fox News to um, allow the anarchist Banyan, uh, Trump, uh, Republicans to creep in underneath that radar, rage of radar, if you're a rage under the radar, um, that's that's been my thesis for forever. I mean, I just can't, I'll, I can't get over it. I don't understand any other way that America could have been so ruined. I'm not alone in that. There are other people that that have written this, or, you know, in many magazines and books that Rupert Murdoch and, and Fox are responsible for the poisoning of the American soul, if you will, that, that we don't have a common decency anymore. Um, that's my well, I opinion. think you're likening it. I, I think you're likening it to, you know, the pre the pre landing of uh, uh, bombing of B-52s uh, is a good one. I think that the hammer, the, you know, the <clears throat> the snark, the rage, the don't you just hate these people? Don't you just, you know, the yeah. the, the, the profiting off of rage. I think you're on to something. I think that is what has really helped spread this. I think any litigator, uh, and I have been doing it for 42 years, uh, although sometimes it feels like uh, 126, uh, knows that juries, the most powerful emotion for a jury is, is resentment, is anger, is a that. desire to punish. It, it, you know, it ain't love, I can tell you that. People, uh -huh. you know, and I think those who understand the, the the significance in the human psyche of rage, of a desire to lash out, to go after somebody, those who underestimate that are making a mistake. Those who understand the power of that anger, uh, you know, are um, uh, tend to be effective, unfortunately. And I think Donald Trump... And his successes uh, have opened the floodgates on that so wide and so dangerously that it's hard, if you'll permit the mixed metaphors, to imagine putting the toothpaste back in the in the tube. Yeah.
Um, it, it, it does seem that way, doesn't it? It also seems like it's, it's become a form of entertainment. I mean, when you look at like Matt Getz or Marjorie Taylor Greene specifically or Lorraine Bobbitt, um, they're, they're, they're in the news all the time. Every day there's like some little entertaining tidbit about their insanity, about their inane, crazy uh, statements, their, their conspiracy theories, their lunacies, their anger. Their, it, it's it's almost like a daily little dopamine dose of, of Marjorie Taylor Greene, as if this is funny you know, or, or, or amusing. You know, it's not, but it feels that now, way. Now, I was going to say that, you know, uh, I, I do think it's worth pausing, though, and now laying some responsibility on the people from the other side of the divide, because there are plenty of people, at least so that they tell the pollsters, who are themselves prepared to have the house burned down, who are themselves not thinking rationally, who are, who are telling pollsters that they're prepared to vote for a third party candidate, Bobby Kennedy Jr. or Jill Stein or Cornell West and and uh, or Trump or not vote. And what the hell? Let this guy get back into office. They're not exactly, uh, uh, you know, displaying rationality, intelligence civic virtue, concern about the future of the country. Uh, there shouldn't be those people who are prepared to do that. And that there are says that there is a uh, there's a problem on the other side of the aisle as well. Oh, that's that's for sure. That 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 is absolutely for sure. We can both agree on that. There's a huge problem, um, you know, with with the called progressives and, and, and the squad and and these 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 people are so out of touch with their with, with what America's really all about, and are angry all the time and furious, and you know have all their agendas um, twisted up into uh, some sort of you know uh, progressive knot. I, I'm of course agreeing with that, but I don't feel that it has anywhere near the reach on the American psyche that um, the 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 uh, anarchist Banyan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lorraine Bobbitt, Matt Getz. Uh, side of the, the aisle does. I don't think anybody really listens to them outside of, you know, their little congressional districts. That's my, I, that doesn't feel like they radiate like, like the other side radiates. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, look, I think that the, the, the big problem is not the craziness uh, on the progressive side of the uh, ledger. The, the craziness is where you've put the craziness where it belongs, but I, I am concerned that, uh, you know, so many people who understand what you have been talking about are nevertheless prepared to see the boat sink because they don't like X policy or Y policy. Well, we'll see when, the, you know, they, we'll see when, when the, it actually comes down to election time, whether those those statements really mean anything. I mean, that's it's a nice thing to say now, but, you know, either sitting home or voting for you know some some third party candidate. I mean, we do both know that that Donald Trump lost the popular vote in the United States, so he was never an elected president. If we had a real clean popular vote election, and if Jill Stein, we both know, didn't draw the votes in those swing states, Hillary Clinton would be the president of the United States. So, it, you know, that nobody who voted for, and she's at it again, I understand, nobody who voted for Jill Stein could look at themselves in the mirror and know, not think that they what they created was 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 what they didn't want to have cre happen, but maybe they did. But 
Yes. So the answer is, if that's really where they come down to, then we have more, we have anarchy on the other side of the coin, nihilism on the other side of the coin that they're prepared to, you know, to to let their rage at uh, at Joe Biden and his you know, policies uh, and the Democrats and their policies bring in, you know, something that we didn't expect to happen. Could 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 happen, may not happen. We don't know. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, the things that we're sort of noodling around here is the the kind of apparent death uh, or at least, uh, you know, extre extreme uh, sort of danger uh, that this, the broad center is in in America. Biden finds himself in exactly. a very difficult situation, having to appeal. What, what, what's the line that somebody said to uh, supposedly said to Adley Stevenson? When he was running for president in 52 or 56, you know, uh, I'm for you, uh, Governor Stevenson, uh, every thinking man in America would be. Uh, and he said something like, that's what I'm afraid of. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, you don't understand. I need a majority. Uh, you know, he finds himself in the difficult position of trying to pull together reasonable people from the broad center, the broad center. Uh, and query whether he's going to be able to do it or whether he's going to be defeated by some combination of the, the sort of this this kind of this, let's, the anarchy party that you describe on one side, uh, whose uh, successes are are made possible by uh, let's call it a lack of clear thinking on the Democrat on some part uh, of, of the electorate on the Democratic side. In, in all likelihood, their the successes will be made 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 clear by uh, the fluke of the electoral college. It's very doubtful that that as ridiculous as 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 Joe Biden may be, or as old as he may be, or as much as people want to defect from him, that the, the that he will not he will ever lose the popular vote. I mean, you know, Trump lost it twice. He once to Hillary Clinton, once to Joe Biden by you know seven million votes. Um, you know, you're just going to get what you really have is an electoral gerrymander where I think the uh, average voter in um, Montana has five votes versus uh, the voter in California. I mean, it's five to one. So in all likelihood, what's going to happen is if Donald Trump does get in, it'll be a squeaker in the swing states uh, by a couple of hundred thousand votes as as Biden got in with just 37,000 votes in, in five swing states. This is probably where we're headed. But the broad majority of rational people are, don't, do show up when you're talking about a, a, a situation on the electoral, if you eliminate the electoral college. So we've had a lot of minority presidents that in other countries would never, never have been seated, who don't have a, an electoral college, who just count the number of votes and say, OK, you're in. And if you're not agitated enough about this, that tiny sliver of votes spread among a couple of states by which uh, Joe Biden won uh, in 2020, that happened against the backdrop of a pandemic, uh, which had been, you know, so obviously so badly bungled by a totally incompetent president. Um, under those circumstances, even under those circumstances, you had the narrowest of of wins. I think what was it like? Something like eighty thousand had something like eighty thousand Biden votes or forty thousand Biden votes spread among Arizona, yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. you know, Georgia voted for the other guy. You know, God knows who it would be. Yeah. So you know, I hate to be gloom and doom, but boy, I think you're right. It is going to be a squeaker. 
Uh, and, um, you know. Uh, and no matter what, Trump can't lose. I mean, there's no no way he could lose because if he's not, you know, if he does lose, it, it was illegitimate and stolen. I mean, we're, you know, he's going to bring in the forces of anarchy and the forces of violence all over again. If he loses, he cannot lose. It's just that simple. You know, he couldn't even lose the Iowa Iowa caucus against against uh, De DeSantis. Uh, uh, you know, or, or Ted Cruz, excuse me, you know, in 2016, as soon as he lost one caucus in Iowa, he said it was a fraud, fraudulent, you know, Ted Cruz committed fraud. I mean, this is a really sick pop. A really you know, this, no, one, no one's going to listen to this podcast and, and go off singing Happy Days or Here Again, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but as long as that we're piling on in that regard, those forces are probably stronger now or almost doubtlessly stronger now than they were in January 2021. So those forces that he will have at his disposal well, to deploy may be stronger than they were three years ago. Not necessarily. It, 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 you know, he had the Justice Department then. I mean, Bill Barr decided that he wasn't going to be Benedict Arnold and make up a story that Trump won the election. I mean, to, you know, as much as we loathe Bill Barr, he actually stood up and said, no, we're not having a coup over here under my watch. Um, we do have, you know, a, a, the Democratic Justice Department. They can indict, they can arrest, and they are. They're going after all the fake electors in all the states. You know, I mean, you know, if Trump thinks he's going to declare the 25th Amendment or some sort of like martial law, or whatever, if he loses the election, uh, you know, we could, the Democrats can play that also. If they want to play coup, the Democrats can play coup also. There's no question that with the Justice Department and, and the FBI in the hands of the Democrats, it doesn't have to go down the way they these Republicans think it's going to go down. That's that's my hope. I would like them to replace Merrick Garland with a serious, aggressive attorney general because he's not up to the job uh, of of for foreboding forewarned uh, uh, against violence or preventing violence on the other side. He is not up for that job, and uh, we need somebody who is up for that job. That's my opinion. Well, it'll be interesting to see, A, whether these criminal trials go forward, any of them before the election, and B, what the reaction of America is to them. Up until now, there's little reason to believe that wide swaths of Americans will be appalled by the notion of returning to the Oval Office somebody who has been convicted of a crime because uh, the polls for what they are worth seem to indicate that, you know, more or less Trump's vote stays the same, convicted or not convicted. How's that for a cheery thought? Yeah, it's a cheery thought. Okay. So just to wrap up, um, I'm not crazy. Um, uh, this isn't like uh, a, a fantasy of mine that the Republican Party has zero memory that they have, they try to stymie every single Democrat that ever got into office, starting with Whitewater and then going into Benghazi and all the other investigations that they that they threw against Clinton and 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 uh, the and uh, Hillary later on uh, and the Obama births the birth birth nonsense that Trump threw out whatever, but they have no memory of that whatsoever. They're just victims. They're all just victims, victims, victims of the vindictive Democrats, and this is like unheard of you know that that they that they've investigated Donald Trump and they they were opposing Donald Trump from day one they had no basis to do that whatsoever never happened before so i'm not crazy in that assumption correct well you know the, the answer is you're not crazy the times are crazy but you're not crazy okay 
So listeners, we could wrap that up. Jeff, thank you very much. Um, God, you're knowledgeable and your discourse is smart. Um, thank you so much for your insights, uh, both political and legal. Your 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 moderate and intelligent um, take on this is, is is was much appreciated, and I hope the audience got some uh, got some valuable insights into uh, your thinking. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Listeners, believe it or not, we're on Instagram. Please follow us at OOTB with Jay Russo on Instagram.